What's up, everybody? Welcome to 2023 Security Squawk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Horning, here with Ryan O'Hara, Randy Bryan, and Rezo Andre. Welcome to episode 105. Wow. Oh, we, we didn't do anything special for episode 100. We didn't even realize it was episode 100 at the time, probably. And, did I, and, did I, and then I was <laughs> helping get these things posted, and I saw that we were episode... 104 and i was like if i do my math correctly i think that's two years um wow although i'm not good at math but it's 52 weeks in a year i don't think we've ever missed a week maybe one right we have one one week so two years of talking about cybersecurity. um man how things have changed and man do we have a good one for you today but before we get into it andre Tell me what the is for 2023. For 2023, we are still not charging anything. All we ask is that you like, you share, and you um, just, you know, share the content. Give this information to people in your company that may uh, find this useful so that they can be uh, protecting their systems as well and get educated. Get educated. That's the, uh, that's the goal for 2023 for humanity. Get educated about cybersecurity. Um, this stuff is heating up. I mean, it looks like we have a major provider down, I guess what we would call a supply chain attack. And, you know, we we're in the green room trying to figure out what to talk about. Um, and we were heading in a different direction than what we have in the outline for the show today, for sure. And we have just a ton of, a ton of ransomware attacks or a ton of businesses being in, impacted. A lot of them seem to be be impacted by uh, an, a, a cloud provider or, or a provider of uh, SaaS services or something like that to these various various municipal governments and stuff like that. But we're going to get into that. Um, we're also going to do a follow-up on our uh, last week we covered on the show, the Sick Kids Hospital up in Toronto. There's been some developments there. Um and we're going to talk about what those developments are and is it, you know, something that we should be believing or is there something more to it than what meets the eye? Uh, and then again, we have a bunch of ransomware attacks. We've got one at a Louisiana hospital, one at a Bristol community college, um, and a Los Angeles, uh, County, uh, again, their school district was hit a few months ago. Now their housing authority is uh, having an issue. A casino, a large casino. Uh, I think they have a location in Delaware by me. Um, they mysteriously closed. So we're going to jump into that real quick. Um, and again, we have a supply chain attack that is impacting a lot of businesses um, and a lot of uh, uh, county governments from accessing their records and getting to things. Uh, so we're going to jump into that. And then uh, a big uh, e-discovery, if you're a lawyer or you're in the legal world, you know what e-discovery is. It's when they go in and they uh, do a, um, a deposition or something like that, or they do an investigation and they, they collect all this information uh, uh, preparing or going through a court case and they store it in a big system. And there was a large provider who had a uh, discovered some unauthorized access and they decided to shut down their system. So I'm sure this is impacting uh, law firms all over the United States as a result. So 
I don't know what order we want to go into this stuff, but I kind of want to jump down the cot systems because this seems to be a bigger deal than what meets the eye because it, it seems to be impacting a lot of different <clears throat> counties and townships. From what I can tell, guys, <laughs> um, this uh, cyber attack against uh, cot systems uh, says they work with 300 local offices in 21 states, but right now that work is on hold and local offices are, are facing the fallout. So these are the local municipal governments. Um, and essentially this company is responsible for keeping and protecting your most important records. So I don't know, does this sound to you like a lot of these governments outsourced their security or what they thought was their security to what sounds like a cloud provider. What do you guys take from what's going on? I don't know if I'd say that. I, I think this is probably a situation where, you know, it's the, the not knowing what you don't know and assuming my stuff's in the cloud. So it's their responsibility. They've got their, their end of things handled. Um, and I'm not seeing details yet on what happened other than that, that the attack has occurred. Uh, da, 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 da. Cot system said they work for 300 local offices in 21 states. Um, yeah, this is more like their record management system for like death certificates, birth certificates, things like that, where it's one of their many tools that they we use, similar to like having Microsoft Office or something. Yeah, so I mean, it's. I mean, it, it's affecting a lot. Randy, you, you're being quiet on this one. Um, well, there's not a lot of uh, information in the article. Yeah. Um, no, there's not. But, but in you know, any of the articles. We see this a lot. We see one provider or a vendor who has access to many, many clients. They're a bigger target or they're, they're actually a great target for ransomware people because they don't just have the data for one company. They've got you know, several hundred, it sounds like. Um, another couple things that are um, interesting about this story is they're not answering phone calls over at COT yet. Um, so they need to get out in front of this. Looks like the governments have hired a cybersecurity expert. Um, I don't know if that includes COT, if COT's involved in that. COT needs to get out involved, get out in front of this. They need to have a press release. They probably don't have any of that. Um, so we're going to move from not answering the phone stage to not much to see here stage is my prediction. And then in the next couple of weeks, we're going to come out with an article that'll say 700,000 people's data has mm -hmm. been, you know, leaked or something. Oh, it's got to like be more than that. Yeah. Um, so they're on... currently unable to give a date when services are expected to be restored. So this happened over Christmas holiday. Um, right after Christmas, Cot uh, sent out a, a email that's been obtained. Um, and it basically is just saying to all value COT customers, as you know, on Monday, December 26th, COT systems identified some unusual activity on our servers. And in an abundance of caution, we disconnected all of our servers to isolate that activity within our environment. We then immediately engaged cyber specialists to investigate the event, and they began a forensic analysis. It has been determined that COT systems is the victim of an organized cyber attack. They've notified the FBI that both the FBI and Homeland Security have indicated they are aware of and have been investigating this particular group of cyber criminals who operate worldwide. We'll be sharing the information as we proceed. So basically they're saying, you know, 
we're working with the FBI, we're doing all the right things, and we're trying to get our systems back up and running as quickly as possible. Um, I don't know. It, this doesn't leave this doesn't leave a good feeling with me when I see a company like this being attacked in, in this manner. And then this is, this is the result. Um, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this. And number one is it's like to have all of these government systems in the same place to where your if you're taking your stuff offline, you're also taking all these all these local governments down. I got a real issue with that. I mean, that that's not good network segregation or just segregating your customers. So if there's an there's an incident, <clears throat> is this on the same level <clears throat> to you guys if if like Amazon or Microsoft said, hey, we determine bad actors so we're shutting down aws so we're shutting down azure completely i mean yeah that's kind of what we're talking about here what, what do you guys think i mean for me this goes just back to remember last week we talked about where you had a um i believe it was a ransomware incident where they were holding sensitive information but because they didn't deal directly with the government they didn't have to follow the Department of, Department of Defense um, rules. Right. Right. So same thing. If you're going to do work for government and it's so sensitive, there's got to be these rules that are placed so that way, you know, these things are our information is protected. So it's crazy. I mean, a lot of things come to mind here, right? A lot of things come to, like when I think about this stuff, it's like, well, God, it's good for COT systems that they were able to kind of tackle a vertical and and win business in in this like county municipal government arena. But at the same time, what are these what are what are these companies doing to make sure that half the country's local governments don't go offline because their companies got attacked? Right, you're talking 21 states that they. Uh, uh, it says they said 21 states in the last one, but 17 states, including several New York counties. I'm looking at an article here. It looks like Freehold Township in New Jersey is another customer of theirs. Um, you know, Nash County in North Carolina, Onondaga County in New York, Duke uh, uh, Rockland County uh, in upstate New York. Um, these are all all being affected as of last week by this outage with this company. And I'm not seeing any kind of indication from them that they're going to be coming back online anytime soon. The, uh, the Rockland County had a link that that story had a link to the Rockland website that has an update from January 2nd. Uh, during the past 24 hours, we have confirmed that all databases are complete and in good order. We continue to run maintenance checks and verify all backup systems are working as intended. As of this moment, we have 93% of the infrastructure fixed and running uh, and are working uh, with Citrix to connect uh, to check connectivity. It doesn't say anything about whether or not this data was accessed by a third party. Just this is purely on them getting back up. Is that, a, is that on RocklandCountyClerk.com? 
yes. Rocklandgov.com. Yeah, it uh, redirects. Okay, because uh, my firewall is not letting me access that. So, so there, there's actually some messages on there from Cot Systems. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't that know was actually Deborah a cut Ball. and paste from COT Systems. Yeah, is Deborah Ball from COT Systems? Yep. Yeah, sure is. The latest statement from our vendor. Um, so, wow. I, I think this is this is kind of you know one takeaway I have from this, and and I've been kind of noticing this over the last couple of weeks, just reading some stories and talking to some people. Uh, it seems like more people are starting to ask questions of their vendors, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I kind of like how Rockland is just basically putting, you know, here's here's what the vendor is telling us and being transparent about that. Um, uh, yeah. You know, at the same time, they're not taking any responsibility of their own. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's really good. Uh, a good trend to see. And, and I, and I hope more people are going to start asking these questions of their vendors uh, as opposed to just assuming that, you know, the vendors got the data. So it's their responsibility. Yeah. I think you're a hundred percent spot on. I agree with you that this year is going to be the year that I think we see a lot more businesses adopt the, the idea of third party uh, vendor mm -hmm. risk assessments um, just so they understand. And I've been harping, on this drum for well over a year. Like anything that impacts your business that you need to do on a daily basis. And we're not guilty of this um, in, in our own business, guys. Like mm -hmm. how many of you are you calling your RMN and, and your PSA and, and doing a third party risk assessment on them, right? But if those, yeah. if those pieces of software are not available in your business, that's gonna be a pretty big deal for your business. So, mm -hmm. you know, you gotta think about these types of things and as much as you feel like it's i mean it's kind of like i look at it like on the same level as like how you would feel when you're asking a girl or a guy out on on, on a date for the first time like you're apprehensive to do it because you never did it before mm -hmm. and you're kind of like that with these third-party risk assessments that you you're you're apprehensive to go ask a partner or a vendor um to clue you in on what their security looks like so you can understand how that could potentially impact your business. It's not really something businesses have ever had to do before. Now they're being asked to do it. And almost in a lot of cases with cyber insurance are being required to do it. So that's thing one. And thing two is, is just looking at this year as really making sure that you're aligning yourself with companies that are are taking care of you properly. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of companies and I think a lot of these states governments are, are going to be part of that and included in what I'm about to say, but these companies are going to start looking at what they've been sold over the last few years and, and start to understand that there's really no silver bullet because I guarantee you COT systems probably sold some kind of, security around this product that these companies are using that you know we're keeping the data safe and we're doing all these things around redundancy and resiliency um in order for them to become kind of like a market leader in, in this business i guarantee you that's that's something that was going on and i think businesses are going to take this year and take a look at those vendors mm -hmm. and align themselves with other vendors um and change things up because you know, companies are starting to learn that I can't put all my eggs in, in the, that basket, you know, for that company. 
um, because if they have a problem, it's going to impact us severely. And the days of companies kind of saying like their system or their antivirus or this product or that product is going to be the thing that, you know, uh, saves you from ransomware or prevents you from being cyber attacked and keeps you away from cyber criminals. Companies are, 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 are getting smarter and they're starting to understand that that's not a thing. Like you, th- this is way more than just one product doing one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to be a big lesson learned this year for a lot of, a lot of majority of the businesses out there that, you know, maybe the solution that they thought was protecting them really isn't. And I mean, it's, it's important to recognize that no solution is 100%. I think the important thing here is going to be being able to say, you know, if you're somebody in a situation like COT Systems, you know, hey, we were following, you know, industry standard best practices for cybersecurity. This still happened. We reacted. We had systems in place. That's going to be your savior from, from getting sued at this point. Um, the other thing I think is really interesting, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday um, who has a, a small graphic design client and they were working mm-hmm. towards getting a big contract for them. And that, that company that they're trying to work with to get that contract sent them a, a, um, a cybersecurity questionnaire. They were requiring them to have certain things in place before they would even work with them. And I think that's going to be a driving force for a lot of the smaller companies yeah. out there that have traditionally said, you know, hey, I'm too small to get hacked. You know, this is this is not something we have the budget for. You know, it's going to start costing them contracts and they're going to have to start doing that. So um, you know, I, I'm, it's sad that it had to come to that point for people to start listening to this thing. But, you know, I'm also thankful at the same time that that there is a driving force happening. Is that a separate document you're seeing or is that part of the contract? This was just a conversation I had with somebody else. So so they, they were sending them actually like uh, from my understanding, they, they sent them a, a spreadsheet where they had to fill in certain information Got it. and, and validate with that, uh, that third party. It's uh, interesting that you mentioned that. I was thinking something along the same lines is this is a really good time for companies in general to get out in front of that curve. And, you know, Brian's talking from the perspective of you know, us as a company making sure our vendors are secure. Mm-hmm. Well, we as a company, we're a vendor for other companies. Right. Graphic design, they're a vendor for other companies. And so getting out in front of the curve, this is a great time for vendors to get secure and you can even use that as a marketing yep um a marketing thing of value for your customer for your company as you market your company you know that that we get audited that we work with the cybersecurity company that we're doing best practices you know we get the check mark from you know this this company or that company and you know it it's an awkward conversation when when you're talking with a new vendor. And when it comes to this sometimes, and I would just say, push through the awkwardness. Don't just let them go. Oh yeah. Joey down in the security department, he's got it all handled. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to push harder got, than that. We got the best security. We got the best. Exactly. And it may require a, a call like a, with you when you're interviewing a vendor, it may require a, a zoom call with the CEO if they have a, you know, a cybersecurity information officer, you know, whatever it is, um, push through that awkwardness. And then, you know, I hate to say this, but sometimes you got to really follow your gut and just, you know, you you got a nose that can smell um, when stuff sounds fishy, um, you know, and sometimes, you know, go with your gut. But we're in a we're in a time where we can't just 
just go with any old vendor that says right. any old thing, you know. Well, and, and as a vendor, as a, as a service provider or a product provider that's that's serving other companies, um, I, I would also say, you know, to your point, get out in front of it now because you know that example that I was just talking about. Um, you know, that person's probably going to be lucky in that she found this company who knows this stuff right off the bat to help uh, facilitate that relationship and, and ramp up. But but even then, it's going to be hard. I mean, if, if you have that whale client that comes to your doorstep unexpectedly and starts asking these questions, a lot of them aren't going to you know waste a whole lot of time. Oh, well, you don't have these things. Well, we're not going to wait for you to implement them. We're yeah. moving on to the next person. So yeah. it could cost your, you know, your business a lot of money. So it's time to start investing in these things now. I think we should do a show all about this because if I'm a small town and I'm looking for someone to do my historical records and my, you know, death certificates and things like that. And now I'm hearing caught systems. They're the the 800 pound gorilla of the market. Am I, who am I to ask them the questions? And, and, and I'm the purchasing manager. I'm the city manager. I don't know what, you know, things I should be asking. So I think we should even look at that because it may be even intimidating. It's well, like, that's what I, that's what I meant when it's like yeah. trying to act as your the first girl out you ever or first guy out you ever yeah. asked out right I mean it's intimidating to do that and that's why I use that analogy because a lot of people can relate to that right you know everybody I'm sure at some point in their life wanted to ask somebody out when they were younger or you know go on a date or whatever and it is intimidating and you know for me I know my own experience like you see a pretty girl, you're like, you know, you tell yourself a story before you, you don't even ask the question. You're like, oh, you know, she's out of my league or, you know, I, I she, I'd never have a chance with her. You say things like that. And that's kind of what Andre's saying. You're kind of like, well, who am I to ask them? Well, you're their customer, right? You're writing them a check. That's I mean, right. you're, you have every right. And that, that needs to be, <clears throat> that needs to be the, the, the mindset of businesses with this stuff, not, oh, they're Microsoft, you know, they're better than me. I can't, you know, I can't ask them about their security. That's just it, though. You can't make those assumptions. I mean, I think all right. of us have talked to, you know, security tool vendors and found out that they had really poor security hygiene. You know, you got to know what questions to ask and you, and, and you can't be afraid to do it. Yeah, 100%. So, <clears throat> I mean, I love talking about the topic of third-party risk assessments. I think that's a good kind of title for for the show today. Um, but we do have other things going on. I don't know if you guys want to talk about any of these other ones, but kind of staying, moving away from COT systems and all the damage that is going on because of them. Um, you know, we have another third-party vendor in the legal space that I mentioned uh, for RICO, um, which is a massive e-discovery provider. They've been shut down uh, due to unauthorized access. Um, you guys want to take this for me? I haven't read this one yet. Huh. What number are you on? So massive e-discovery, last one, number nine. The last one at the bottom, it's highlighted. So basically on December 28th, they learned that they have been, uh, they, there may have been unauthorized access to domain controllers for e-discovery service and an abundance of caution. They basically did what COT Systems did and they took it offline. Um, so, I mean, there's not a whole, I, I don't want to sound redundant about what we just talked about from COT Systems, but here we go again with another e-discovery mm-hmm. provider, you know, shut down. And this one's really, really early. So there's almost no information on this one. Um, but, you know, it looks like part of the problem is just the the 
they, they describe it as uh, massive amounts of sensitive material. So it sounds like at this stage, they're, they're just taking things uh, very carefully because of that unauthorized access. Uh, but there's really not a whole lot of information beyond that. Um, and I'm wondering too, you know, how much of this might impact, like even come to impact court cases. Like if, if, if they're doing discovery on, on sensitive data uh, for law firms, I mean, the, is there is there something here with uh, you know chain of custody or you know questions on on data being manipulated at that point as well? Um, so there's there's a lot of big question marks here with not a whole lot of information yet. No, I mean it was hard to find a lot of these stories. They're very deep, deep. I mean even the ones we talked about with COT Systems, it's not front page stuff. This stuff's very deep in local newspapers. You got to search for it. You got to look for it. I think that's the value of the show is that we bring all this stuff to light. Uh, we shine a a spotlight on it but yeah you're gonna have lots of court cases here with lots of data in the hands potentially of people who had unauthorized access to the server um so that's one side of it the other side of it is you know you have all these law firms that can't use the system to run their business um you know so kind of here we go again lesson learned using these third party you know cloud applications SaaS applications to run your business they're down they decide to pull the plug We've seen two in the last week, major vendors, COT Systems and Rico, big companies, big problem. And it's rough because if you're, let's say you're a lawyer and you've got a trial this afternoon. Right. You know, um, you need access to these things. Now, I realize, you know, they're there's they're probably getting getting answers and downloading them on their computer and this or that. But you'd be surprised at the number of lawyers that go to trial that need well, access. I'll give you this, Randy. If, no. if you if you are a lawyer and you are in, let's say, medical malpractice defense and you deal with health records, you, a lot of cases, those attorneys, especially on the defense side, are signing BAAs because they're getting medical records, right? You can't store that stuff on your laptop. That's got to stay within that ecosystem. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're now violating HIPAA. So I don't, I don't think it's, it's that easy to say, well, they could be downloading it on their computer because a lot of, in a lot of these systems, they're kind of closed. So you can't do that right? Um, because they don't want data sprayed all over the place and being stored here and stored, stored there. So I think it's well, a yeah, bigger deal. The main point was more along the lines of if, if they're, this could literally affect trials. Oh, it will. Trials may have it to be delayed. It will, 100%. That's why I wanted to talk about it, because it's 100% going to affect trials, and you could potentially now have massive amounts of data in cyber criminals' hands. You know, like we haven't seen enough of that in 2022. Here we go with 2023, and we're, you know, there's no slowing down. But it's it's crazy. crazy. My point, though, because, like, if I'm the consumer and I'm looking for e-discovery tools, and I hear RICO, right, $3 billion plus company, right. I say, I'm gonna go with the cream of the crop, right? I'm gonna, I, I'm assuming they're taking care of everything. I'm not gonna go with the local guy or the mid guy, and then this happens. So like, for the consumers, if you think they do, you're doing everything right because you went with the best, and and even the best got attacked. Yep. Well, and that's that's the understanding and, and the importance of, of having policies in place and thinking about, you know, uh, what your response is going to be if any of your vendors get attacked. You, you have to have a plan in place because 
that's what we've seen. Anybody can get hit. You can be doing everything possible to protect your company and still have a cyber attack. Yep. So uh, moving right along, just to follow up on this uh, Lake Charles uh, hospital in Louisiana, um, I believe we were we covered their cyber attack back in the late summer, and they just decided to announce that um, they had 270,000 people who have received care at one of its medical centers. Uh, there was a data breach, and their information has been uh, flown in the hands of the wrong people. Let's put it that way. Um, not a whole lot here. Typical follow-up. Um, it's kind of a confusing story, too, because it's got, and I don't know if this is an, an issue with the author and the way that they laid it out, but they've got a statement here that says LCMHS uh, clarifies that its electronic medical records were out of reach for the network intruders, but everything else in this article seems to speak otherwise. Right. Yeah, that may have been their initial, initial yeah. take. See, the, here, here's, I just want to kind of clue people in a little bit, right? So... <clears throat> I, I know somebody who works in a major hospital in the United States. And I also like a lot of people think like th this stuff that I'm about to say can't happen. Like, but it does happen. And I'm talking top 10 hospital in the country that this person works at. And I got a, a message from them saying, Hey, you know, is this fixable? And it was a text message. It was a picture of the screen of their laptop and a bunch of text messages back and forth. And, you know, I was like, you're probably better off just buying a new one um, because of the cost of repairing it would have been almost close to the cost of what this person paid for it. And at the end of the day, they were like, I really need this laptop because I use it for work. And I was like, isn't that your personal laptop? And they were like, yes. And I'm like, what do you mean you use it for work? And yeah. she's like, I use it for work. And I was like, in the hospital? Yes. I'm like, don't you have a work laptop for that? LOL. With, with like a laughing face. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think people are under this, you know, false belief that these hospitals and these companies do this stuff the way that you're supposed to be doing it. And I'm not going to sit here and say, everybody should know that you don't use a personal laptop at work because you might not know that, right? This might be with me saying that might be news to you, which is totally okay, but you shouldn't be using your personal laptop at work ever. But a top 10 uh, hospital in the country sure as hell should. And, that's, and that was my point. Like if a top 10 hospital in the country is doing it, then I guarantee you at Lake Charles Memorial in Louisiana, things like that are going on. So mm -hmm. somebody is accessing, you know, medical records of people on a personal laptop at a major hospital in the United States. And I think most people will be shocked to know that, that that's actually happening, right? A laptop that goes back and forth to to and from the hospital with this individual. I mean, to me, it was just mind blowing as I asked these questions and found out more. And I'm just going, 
oh my god and their last text message to me was everyone let me see if i can find it i'll just read it to you i don't know a single person who has a hospital computer wow wow so wow And I'm I like, I, like if I told you the name of this hospital, you guys would be, you would be your minds would be blown. That, that. But it, but it's scary because I I think part of the problem is that these companies are going out of their way to find ways to not spend money as opposed to finding ways to properly secure things. I was talking to a, a security vendor that we were evaluating, and they were missing some really key features that that would help them align with with. Uh, a bunch of cybersecurity frameworks. And I asked them why. And they said, well, because our clients are asking for these things. And I was like, well, you know, what are these things? Describe this to me. And like one of the major selling features that their their customers, and we're talking enterprise, were asking for were the ability to more securely use personal devices, use personal laptops. And I'm like, I get that your customers are asking you for that. And you're trying to put out a product that people are going to pay for. But that goes completely contrary to all of the advice that the cybersecurity community is putting out. Like if you're a security vendor, I mean, the way I look at it is we've got a responsibility to people, not, not just to give them what they want, but, but to help them do what they need to do. And so that was, you know, that was the end of that phone call. That was not a security product that we were going to be using. Uh, but that, that's kind of what's going on out there is it, is it seems like people are spending more time trying to find things that are going to allow them to spend less money uh, and find that easy button as opposed to just implementing the right things in the first place. You, and you have to just, as a business owner, you just, or CEO, you just have to get it in your head. You're going to need to budget, you know, for computer hardware, for all your employees, you know, let's just say 500 a year, you know, give them, give them a new computer every, you know, every three years or whatever, you know, you, you need to get, you're going to need a budget, you know, $800 a month or whatever it is for, a healthcare policy. Well, you're going to need to budget three or four hundred bucks or five hundred bucks, whatever it is, um, a month for cybersecurity for that that employee. We just got to start getting it into our heads. It's it's our new reality. And you know, and I'm sure we could go back to like 1980, and there was something we were paying for back then. We don't have to pay for anymore. But this is something that we got to pay for now. And if we don't, we're going to end up like this hospital. Mm-hmm. You know. The, the the crazy thing about the story, it was all leaked back in October and, you know, they didn't know everything that had been leaked. Well, this article from what is it like the 29th of December is about, oh, here's all the stuff that got leaked. And, it, and it's a literal mm-hmm. treasure trove of data that my ninth grade kid, 10th grade kid, you know, he's not a hacker, but if he was a hacker, I'm sure one of his hacker buddies could use this data to 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 make millions probably mm-hmm. um because it's so personal and it can be correlated in such a way um not saying that we don't know anybody that's a hacker i'm not trying to say that but y'all get the gist of this it's it, it's a pretty bad hack mm-hmm. um yeah, is, sure. is the uh is the bottom line and we've we've got to just start spending the money for it and you got to just have it in your mind your employees you got health care you got cybersecurity, you got hardware they don't need to be on a byod anymore um, we got to move away from those yeah. uh, those days. It would be really cool if like companies would actually go out and like think of like a trust mark or something where they're saying we had a third party risk assessment. We're good. Do business with us. But then I was thinking, well, they're not even hiring IT companies 
that can even provide something like that. So it's like, right. so forget about it. We got a long way to go for sure. Yeah. I think that segues really well into the next story, though, about how yeah. how easy it is to get hacked. So let's do uh, let's do let's do rapid fire. We, I'm going to wrap up in like five minutes mm -hmm. here. So the first one coming in hot. Um, sick kids. Let's go into that one. I, is that the one you're referring to, Ry? Or, yes, or yes. So, so, so there's a couple of things with this one that I, that I really like. So, so the the gist of the story itself is that the the Lockbit gang, which uh, uh, ransomware a a hospital for sick children in uh, where was this Toronto. one uh, in, Toronto. in Toronto, um, apologized and gave them a free decryptor. So that in itself is really interesting. So, you know, apparently they do have scruples and, and, and values and things, but there was a couple things kind of hidden in here that I found really, really interesting. And we were talking about it in the green room. So, so one, the message that they get from, from Lockbit, uh, we formally apologize and give you this, this free decryptor. Uh, the partner who attacked this hospital violated our rules and is now blocked from our affiliate program. So, Wow. A few different things to unpack there. So one, you know, again, we've talked about this many times. This is this is a service business. So this is a ransomware as a service where somebody bought uh, access to the, the payload from Lockbit and then distributed it on their own. And then they get a cut of any ransom that is, is uh, taken uh, Two, that Lockbit has rules and policies. So this this was really interesting to me. And I mentioned it in the green room. You know, a lot of the prospects that we talk to don't even have their own internal policies. And this ransomware gang has security policies and, and standard operating procedures and rules and, and, and things in there. I mean, their ethics may be a little bit shady from time to time, but they've actually got written documentation, uh, which is a lot more than a lot of the people that we try and help. Um, and uh, the, the fact that they just, you know, ended up blocking this guy for, for doing this. So there is a line that they don't want to cross that they, that they did, but you know, that was just, it was, it was really interesting. I mean, the gist of the story was them apologizing, but you know, the really interesting stuff to me was uh, in, in the fine print. And if anybody from the hospital is watching the video or another hospital, that's a kid's hospital, don't take this as, Oh, Hey, I can just yeah. take a deep breath and relax, right. you know, because there is someone else out there who doesn't care, I would take what this particular group even is saying with a, with a grain of salt, you still need to protect your assets. Well, and, and reading more into it, like they actually described the policy in, in particular that, that was violated. And, and basically what they're saying is that they have rules against um, you know, anything that can cause physical harm or death to people. So in that, that standpoint, like the, the ransomware kind of shut things down and they weren't able to operate. So that was against the rules. But um, when, when you really think about it, you know, if it was just data exfiltration where they, exactly. they downloaded all of this data yep. and kept it and then ransomed that while the hospital was still able to run and function, that would be part of, you know, going with their rules. So you know, there's still a possibility that th this, this hospital is going to get a ransomware, uh, a ransom note, uh, in the near future because they might release that data that was already acquired. Mm -hmm. All right. So wrapping up with the last two. I totally agree with all that, right? By the way, um, Bristol Community College up in Massachusetts, internet's been offline for a week. The school has basically told students don't expect much as they work through this. Here we go again with another community college, another another mm -hmm. K through twelve higher level education. It seems like them hospitals and municipal governments they are the three favorites of cyber criminals right now. 
low-hanging fruit, easy targets. They know they can get them. And, you know, we see no shortage of that today and what we've covered in today's show. Um, is part of this, you think, just to throw a real quick question at you, yeah. is part of this, do you think, because of the fact that a lot of these entities are uh, board-driven as far as their decision-making? So there's <laughs> there's a lot more opportunity out there for people to say, no, we don't need that, or no, that's not worth the money. No, we don't have the budget for that. Uh, yeah, I think there's, yeah, I, I agree with you on that sense. So they, they have poor security because it just hasn't worked its way through mm -hmm. their ecosystem yet. Right. So the board, you know, and I think the same thing goes with K through 12 schools. I mean, the K through 12 schools, the superintendents that I know, they know that this is a problem, mm -hmm. whether or not their school board is mandating that they do anything and that's who they, they get the for. approval for what they know that they need to do is the, is right. the issue. I don't think any of these people, and this is the fault of them are going to their board proactively and saying, we need to oh, do more. Sure. Yep. Um, <clears throat> that's why it's, you know, my company, that's one of the things that we do. We go directly to the boards and we say, here's all the stuff you need to be informed about that. You're probably not being informed about. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to start doing something about that because if you're not informed about it, you're all going to be found gross negligent and you're going to lose your board seats and yada, yada, especially if they're paid board seats and you're in regulated industries, it's even a bigger deal. So, um, <clears throat> but anybody who's taken money from the government and colleges and K through 12 schools fit that bill need to start paying attention to this stuff. Um, but then we got Harrington Raceway, a private casino. Um, they reopened after cybersecurity specialists were called in. Now, they were just calling it a technical issue. What do you guys think here? <laughs> they, they've got a, a good attorney and a good PR firm. <laughs> and they're not, I mean, they're they not literally had to shut down their casino and throw people out. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, this yeah. isn't like an online casino. This is like both. And you can go to a place and their systems were impacted and they threw everybody out once they were impacted and 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 that that to me uh kind of rises above the the level of, of technical difficulties yeah 100 percent. i mean you, you couldn't run they couldn't run their business clearly mm -hmm. otherwise they would have remained open um so i don't know i i don't know if it was a cyber event or just a a botched uh server upgrade like twitter had last week for like well, I don't even know how long they were down for. I just popped up my phone and everybody was crying that yeah. Elon did a server upgrade. Elon's amazing. He can do all this stuff. He makes rockets and he does server upgrades and electric cars. Crazy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a big thing to bring up at 102 or whatever. And, and, he, and he loses $2 billion in the same week. So we can talk about that next week. We can, we can do all things Elon next week. Oh, jeez. Um, but he yeah, did do a Twitter upgrade to the servers. He ordered a Twitter upgrade, and apparently Twitter went down briefly on Friday, I think it was. Um, and, you know, it was either that or they had a hack, and yeah. they quickly recovered from it somehow, some way. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to wait and see what happens with this uh, this Harrington Raceway thing. Oh, yeah. That's why we talked about it at the end of the show, because we'll be talking about Harrington yeah. Raceway and Casino here in a couple weeks. Guaranteed. So stay tuned. Anything else you guys want to add? That's all I got. All right. Thanks again. See you, in the next, see you next week. Episode 106. Take care.